Hey, welcome to a gluten-free podcast, the show where we'll be exploring all things gluten-free. I'm your host, Ben. Whether you have celiac disease like me, you're gluten-free for other reasons, or you just want to learn more about the gluten-free diet, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of a gluten-free podcast. This is a weekly show where I talk to people about what they're doing in the gluten-free world, and I also share my own story of having celiac disease and being gluten-free. Before we jump into the episode today, I would, as always, like to acknowledge this land of Gundungara country, otherwise known as the Southern Highlands in New South Wales, Australia, where my family and I are lucky enough to live on this, this beautiful land, and it's currently where I'm recording this right now. It is the land of the Gundungara people, and they are the true custodians of this land. I'd like to acknowledge the stories, traditions, and living cultures of all Indigenous elders, past, present, and emerging. Also, I'm not a health professional. I say this all the time, but I cannot repeat it enough. Uh, So anytime you hear anything on this podcast related to health or diet spoken by myself or my guests, please always remember to seek out your own personal medical advice when it comes to doing anything to your own health or your diet. All right, let's get into the episode today. All right, so it's been a while since I have done a gluten-free thoughts episode. And the last one I did, I was talking about our eldest daughter going for a celiac blood test. She was having the celiac antibody levels and the gene test done at the same time. And my wife went along and did that with her. And I realized I haven't done an update on how she went with that blood test and the results of them. And it's just been so hard with heaps of stuff going on in the house and it's often hard to record but I thought my wife and I could sit down and we could have a chat about the results and how the whole experience with our daughter getting the blood test went. So Beck is joining me here tonight on the podcast. Hello again. (laughs) And we're going to talk about yeah how our eldest daughter went with that experience and the results that came back. Fortunately it was a really positive experience And um, so we thought we might share a few of the things that um, we did in preparation for the blood test, um, which uh, ended up being so good for us. So firstly, when we decided to get this blood test, I was telling a nursing friend of mine and um, she suggested firstly to make sure that we went somewhere uh, that was familiar with taking blood from children. So when I went to our GP for the referral, I asked um, for the recommendations and thankfully there was actually somewhere local um, that we were able to go to. We didn't have to travel to um, a children's hospital, um, which which I was really glad about. Um, So that was one really good tip. Um, And then when I rang the clinic in advance to book um, the session, Uh, They were also really helpful because they made sure that the time and day that I booked that there would be extra um, experienced staff on board, um, experienced uh, in taking blood from children, that is. Um, And they also gave us extra um, tips to make sure that our little miss was very well hydrated. We made a booking for the afternoon so that she'd have the whole day um, in order to to get hydrated, um, to keep her really warm and to make sure that we'd talk to her 
about what would be happening in advance, um, but not too far in advance. I think they said about um, maybe a week before or maybe a few days before. And because she's, um, you know, at that stage was around the three and a half mark, it was quite a nice age to be able to talk with her. She doesn't understand absolutely everything, but she did understand that she was going for a blood test and that was a really great start. She was so good about the whole thing as well. Like you showed me some photos and video of her. It wasn't actually getting the blood test itself, but it was beforehand and just afterwards and that the nurses were so nice with her and so calm and she it just looked like she had a really positive experience. It was a really – it was mm. um, as, as positive as a blood test um, can be yeah. for a child. So um, some of the other things um, that we did in the week leading up to the test, um, we made sure we talked with – her about what the test was, that it was a blood test um, and that it was to find out if she had celiac-like data. Yeah. Or at that stage, I think she was still uh, pronouncing it celiac. Um, but uh, she understood that you had celiac um, and that, yeah, one of the first ways to um, see if she did was through this blood test and to explain what an act- what a blood test was too. Um, that there was a needle involved, um, just like when she's had vaccination. So that was not not a new concept to her, um, but that she would need to stay really still for a much longer time than she has in the past. Um, so we actually did some role-playing using her pretend doctor's kit, which I'd really highly recommend to any parents who are having their children, especially young children, tested. I think the role-play uh, really helped um, her understand how it would work. Mm. Um, obviously, can't role play the. I didn't role play any of the actual stinging of the needle into her arm, no. but but just saying that word like, oh, there'll be a sting, one, two, three, sting, and then and you have to sit still and and they'll take the blood out and. Um, yeah, preparing her for the whole situation. Yeah, we general. just didn't want it to be um, a surprise. And there's some things obviously you can't prepare for, but, uh, yeah, just wanted to give her as much information around it as we could. Um, And another useful thing I found online was a video that one of the Melbourne Children's Hospitals put out um, about a child getting a blood test. And we watched that about three times together. It was so good at explaining. It was a child narrating it and explaining that they were having a blood test, some of the um, things that they used um, to do to do that, some of the language like um, talking about the tourniquet around the arm and then um, I th- the butterfly uh, needle. I think that's right. It was a little while ago yeah. that we watched the video actually, but we can put the link in. It was a really good one. I'll put as the link in the, in the description. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was great as well for her to see other children getting blood tests and then and also that real mm. life um it, documentation of it as opposed to the role playing, which could only go so far. Yeah, which it's because it's a big thing, pretty much getting a blood test at any age. For, for a lot of people, like if you're not regularly getting blood taken, it's for some people watching the needle go in and the blood come out. Like for myself, I'm a bit queasy with that sort of stuff. I think I've had that many blood tests within the last couple of years that I've gotten used to it, but still. And for a little toddler, it's a it's quite a big deal. So, 
And I think you mentioned that in your last um, gluten-free thoughts episode. That's yeah. the reason why I was the one that um, took her for the blood test because yeah. I am um, quite comfortable with seeing needles go in and we just thought that would be um, probably a, a, a better choice uh, in this instance and it, it did work really well because um, it doesn't bother me. I'm a bit on the opposite end of the scale actually. You can watch find it a bit too fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really good. I think leading up, we did, um, just the right amount of talk with her. She certainly seemed, um, fine to go for the blood test. Um, when we got there, it was so funny. We walked in and as soon as we walked in the door, she rolled up her sleeve <laughs> and the, she was getting straight at the reception. Yeah. Uh, yeah before we j- <laughs> just opened the door and I said, Oh no, um, we have to give the, our forms and wait our turn first. And, um, so yeah, she, she was really good. Um, they had two staff that helped, which was excellent. Um, and when it was her turn to have her test, um, it was great. They got her to lie down, which was much better than sitting. Um, and she did have a little bit of a cry when the needle went in. Um, but the collectors were so good just saying, you know, just breathe, um, breathe slowly and Luckily, ooh, she's had a lot of practice of taking deep breaths because of uh, her tendency to get a little bit worked up at times. <laughs> so um, she was quite skilled at doing some deep, calm breaths. Um, and then uh, I had already um, had a movie ready to go on the iPad for her to just watch. Good call. Yeah, because I just thought sitting for that long um, – without moving and, and just looking at the vial, um, vials, I should say, um, wouldn't really work for her. So just having that bit of a distraction, but also something that would hopefully keep her still. And she did wriggle a little bit um, just for a moment. So there was a, a little bit um, maybe more of a, a bruise than if she had have stayed completely still. But otherwise, um, I think it all went really well. And afterwards, uh, the clinic was just so beautiful they actually gave her um a knitted bear and stickers and she felt very special and spoiled and then of course we went out for ice cream because you know as a treat yeah yeah absolutely or made it a really nice um yeah as i said as as good an experience as we could um and yeah very proud yeah. of the way she was That's during amazing that amazing she was able to do that yeah and as i said the photos and the video that you sent she just yeah, she looks so calm and just happy as well, which is amazing yeah, for a toddler just having a blood test on. She's even, you know, months on now, She's she mm. rolls up her sleeve and goes, where was that test? And, or telling people, I've yeah. had a blood test. Um, and one thing I just wanted to mention as well that might be useful for some people going through this is um, I actually was chatting to um, another parent who had had their children um, tested for celiac. Um, and they actually mentioned that there's a special numbing patch or cream that you can purchase, um, and you can apply that before um, having a blood test. Um, I actually rang um, the pathology clinic beforehand just to ask about their thoughts on it, and they gave some nice advice, which was um, that at times it can restrict um, the ease of the blood flow so they recommended that if we were to do it to just do it on one arm okay and that way you know if it did restrict it too much they could always have access to the 
other. Yeah. But I, I thought actually, you know, we might just see how she goes without using it mm. at all. And that's what I ended up doing. But it's great that that is an option yeah. um, if that suits people. It's interesting. There's a lot of tips around it too because I remember Olivia Jackson from Yum Gluten Free, when I got her on, she had her daughter tested pretty early on. I think earlier than what our eldest daughter was uh, tested at age-wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she was saying that she had a tip to put a heat pack on the – the area where she was getting the blood taken from. Um, I don't know if that increases blood flow or yes. something like that, obviously. But we did do the the tip of the heat pack um, in the car on the way there. That was that was a good one. So thanks, Olivia. Yes, definitely good for, um, especially in wintertime. So the blood test itself, they were checking for the antibody levels of celiac and also for the gene. What are two of the genes that usually turn into celiac disease yeah we thought it would be important to not just check for celiac serology but also to add the gene because we thought well if the serology comes back negative and she has none of the genes then that's a pretty safe way of saying of knowing that um, celiac is not in her future Um, but if she had negative celiac serology and was positive for one of the genes then we'd know that to look out for it in the future and as it turned out that was uh, the result for our eldest uh, that she did not have uh, and does not have active celiac as it stands um, she did have the gene testing done and we were told through our GP that um, she has a variation of one of the genes that is less likely um, to turn into celiac than the more common two, mm. um, which is interesting. And uh, out of interest, I also got tested at the same time and I don't have the gene. So yeah. one parent does, one parent doesn't. And she has a, a gene that might turn into celiac in the future. So our GP straight away just said, so we'll just do some um, a follow-up blood test. You know, every um, she recommended perhaps um, in five years' time for her. Um, I thought we might even do it a little bit sooner, probably um, maybe after her first year of primary school, but that's a little while away. So. And it's probably a, another important thing to note that we ramped up the gluten before the test. Yes, because um, as um, some of your listeners know, we generally as a family eat gluten-free, um, but the girls and I still consume gluten occasionally, um, but po- probably not as much as a regular gluten eating household would have so we did um i just went off the celiac australia's recommendation as to how much um gluten a child should have before the blood test um and that's what we did for a few weeks i think maybe four weeks before the test so for me personally uh, booking in this test for our little miss um didn't seem like a big deal uh it was just another routine thing that we do uh, health-wise but for you it kind of brought on um, some different feelings and emotions Mm. yeah I got really emotional before the test before she was getting the test I think it was the day before I just started thinking about um, obviously like you do with your children you worry about them Um, But for me personally, living with this disease, I thought about having to go through all the stuff I'm going through as a child 
and having to navigate that whole new world as a child. And it's sort of, you know, I've had people on the podcast talk about it being diagnosed really young or having children uh, who are diagnosed and how difficult it is just not even really, you know, the, the diet, the diet itself is, is hard to get used to, but I think children are so adaptable and they are so resilient and, and, um, and little miss is so independent herself. She's so strong willed and I know that she'll be fine, but it's more worrying about other people and how they will be around her if she had the disease and I guess that's one of the the hardest things with celiac disease. You have to have such trust in people and you know, that that they're making your food, that they're keeping you safe. I guess that was the hardest thing, you know, in social situations at school, when she's at parties, you know, that sort of thing. Like if she did have the disease, that would be the one thing where I would be really worried about her, you know, where it's not, in our house and where it's out of our control. I guess that's the hardest part. But as you reminded me, like, you know, what better household or environment for her to, to have this disease, like with all the, the work that I'm trying to do and um, everything that we've learnt as well. But yeah, yeah, she'd be okay. Well, yeah, exactly. If she's going to have celiac, then it's a great, a great uh, family to yeah. a gluten-free family <laughs> to be coming into and i think yeah. with kids um yeah i think i'm sure it it would be difficult at times but um i was just reminded actually this week uh some of you know that i'm a school teacher and uh, on the playground the other day our school had a uh, cake stall and um there was a, a little boy in in kindergarten so probably only five or six years old um, and I happened to know that he had celiac disease and he was in the playground and I went up to him that day and I said oh was there anything that you could get down at the playground at the cake stall he said no I have celiac and I said oh I know but did you know someone down at the cake store also has celiac and they brought some gluten-free treats and his eyes just lit up mm, and I yeah. think that's the thing as well you know like there's it's not like everyone has celiac disease, but it's very likely that you will bump into someone who has it. Or I th- I'm yeah. finding the more I talk about it, the more I hear of someone having it, or even a gluten intolerance as well. People who who are eating gluten free, I think it. Um, yeah, it's not like she our our little miss. Even if she were and and she could very well develop it down the track and even if she were to she's not going to be alone in that no. not just in our family but also in the wider world so in that way as well there's some comfort around that i think yeah absolutely and i just had a person on the podcast which you'll probably hear soon who just gave some new statistics around australians who are gluten free and i think it's one in 4 or around 30% of Australians are now consuming a gluten-free diet. So something like that. I may have to fact check that. But Yeah, they're two different numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but they're very close. But regardless, the gluten-free diet is becoming, it's being adopted by a lot of people, either by an intolerance or celiac or they're gluten-free for other reasons. So it's definitely, it just keeps on going on the rise. So 
Well, thanks for sitting down with me tonight and talking through little Mrs. Blood Test for celiac. Yeah, hopefully and some of the things that we shared are useful to other um, families maybe going through the same thing. We'll put the links in the show notes. We will. To um, the video that I found. Uh, it, like I said, it was an Australian one, um, but I'm sure if you um, look up uh, cel- uh, sorry, blood tests in children, that um, a video will pop up that suits you. Yes, and I'll put as well in the show notes the advice for from Celiac Australia in regards to getting your children tested for celiac. Um, but yeah, we thought this would just help anybody going through that process of getting tested for celiac now or that already have had a positive blood test. Um, just thought that this may yeah, help them in some way. And Ben has mentioned it already in a previous episode. Um, but if you're a parent of a child getting tested for celiac disease or a parent of a child who has celiac disease, he'd love to hear from you. Um, so please send an email to a glutenfreefamily at gmail.com. Yeah, because I am actually looking at putting together an episode pretty soon about children getting diagnosed with celiac disease. And hopefully I'll get a health professional on or um, yeah, someone who is involved with diagnosing children, a gastroenterologist, something along those lines. And... I think that's a really important thing to explore, having been through this process with Little Miss and also just the amount of people that I speak to that have so many questions about their children getting diagnosed or who have already had a diagnosis. So, Sounds good. All right. Well, I'll try not to make it too long in between us sitting down again and talking about something to do with celiac or gluten-free. But until then... Bye for now. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me here on a gluten-free podcast. If you're enjoying it and think someone else would too, please share it with them. Also, I'd really appreciate you giving a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. You can find me on Instagram at a.gffamily or send an email to aglutenfreefamily at gmail.com. I'll add all this info in the show notes. Until next time, bye for now.